Hello, my name is Madison King and I'm a junior in microbiology. This summer, I've investigated novel approaches to examining the effects of systemic pesticides, including nicotine-like insecticides or neonicotinoids in honeybee colonies. With the help of Dr. Judy Wu Smart and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln UCARE program. Pesticides picked up by foraging bees from the environment are present in beeswax or comb, as well as the nectar and pollen stored in combs, but it is unclear precisely how they arrive there. From previous studies, we suspect bees are excreting pesticide residues from their body as an alternative to the energetically costly process of detoxification. Through this study, we hope to examine the role honeybee wax glands play when bees are exposed to the neonicotinoid insecticide imidacloprid during different stages of adult development. Honeybee workers express division of labor based on age and transition tasks from nurse bee to house bee to forager bee throughout their lives. Examining how honeybees in different life stages metabolize and or excrete toxins from pesticide-laden nectar is critical for developing better management options for beekeepers to mitigate the impacts of pesticide exposure on bees. So, are bees utilizing wax production as a novel route of dissipation for pesticide residues in contaminated nectar? To answer that question, I had three research objectives. First, to determine at what age are bees visiting and consuming syrup treatments fed in experimental hives. Second, to examine the use of dye markers in pesticide-laden syrup fed to honeybee colonies to measure excretion rates through wax production. And lastly, to determine the effects of systemic neonicotinoid insecticides on wax production and impact at a colony level. The first portion of my research was spent marking newly emerged bees with paint to later identify the age cohort of the bees being observed within the hive. Fortunately, newly emerged bees are unable to fly and have potentiated venom, removing the need for a veil or protective equipment. Over the course of my research, nine cohort colors were repeatedly cycled to best represent the temporal change in hive responsibilities. It's known that honeybees start their life cycle caring for young as nurse bees and maintaining the hive, and progressively move to more dangerous jobs like guarding the hive entrance and foraging for resources. The next part of my research involved creating a pesticide solution. To do this, imidacloprid was dissolved in acetone, then serially diluted to a 100 parts per billion sugar solution. Syrup treatments were dyed with equal concentrations of food coloring created for two pesticide-contaminated con treatment colonies, red and blue respectively, and one acetone-contaminated control colony, purple. Roughly 200 ml of syrup treatment was administered every three days through a feeder to each observation hive over two weeks. To answer my first objective, 15-minute behavioral observations were recorded twice daily over the course of treatment to identify changes in labor tasks in relation to their age and treatments to assess potential colony-level impacts after sublethal imidacloprid exposure. 
In order to assess wax production, three small microcolonies were created consisting of roughly 5,000 worker bees and a laying queen, an ample open space to promote comb building and encourage wax production. The extra wax produced was then removed, melted to remove debris, weighed, and compared across treatments. Lastly, transparencies were added to the bottom of each observation hive to collect fallen wax scales exuded from the wax glands located on the underside of the honeybee abdomen. Roughly 20 wax scales were randomly sampled from each colony and measured under a microscope to compare length, width, and thickness. Through behavioral observations, we determined the majority of feeder usage comes from forager and guard bees about 17 days or older. However, younger bees were also found to utilize the feeder. Neonicotinoids are known to affect foraging behavior, resulting in younger bees foraging sooner than normal. This would explain the smaller proportion of young bees foraging and using the feeder in the treatment colonies. After microscopic investigation, no visible concentration of dye was found in any wax scales. Comparing average length, width, and thickness of wax scales produced after one week of treatment yielded no statistical differences between colonies. However, treatment is still being provided to these hives and wax scale data will continue to be collected until fall. It's possible that the differences in wax scales may become more obvious as the colony becomes exposed to treatments for a longer period. Despite no differences found in wax scale size among treatment groups, pesticide-treated colonies produced significantly less comb than the control colony, suggesting imidacloprid affects wax production in honeybees through other means. This research found that foragers and guard bees utilized supplemental syrup feeders to disperse treatments within the hive. Imidacloprid-treated colonies displayed precocious foraging behavior, resulting in younger bees using the syrup feeder. And while the wax scales failed to prove physiological changes, we know imidacloprid treatments inhibited effective wax production in experimental colonies. These findings open up avenues for further study to further understand the processes that led to this. Thank you.